welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by the TAC. The road belongs to us all. My name is Alex Clements and a big thank you to the TAC for supporting this podcast, supporting cyclists out there on the road and um, that message that we all do our bit to ensure that we reach our destinations in a safe manner. Today on the podcast, we've got a world's preview uh, with Max Gone, the Melbourne Football Club captain. We're recording this on Thursday, uh, the grand finals on Saturday a massive event in the football club's history and Max's career as uh, he steers his team to uh, towards the grand final. We go through the World's Road Race, touch on a little bit about um, how his prep's going in in the lead up and yeah, give our, give our tips for the road race on Sunday. Before we get into this podcast, thank you to our friends at MAP as well. They've just released a new... Uh, designed for their training collection, that base level kit that you kind of just, it's nice to have on site for uh, those training days. New range of uh, short sleeve and long sleeve jerseys on their website now uh, at map.cc. And we've also got a new a new friend of the podcast, uh, the Peaks Challenge, Falls Creek 2022, March 13. We'll have a message from them later on in the show around um, a little discount you can get for uh, signing up to their Peaks Challenge, Falls, Falls Creek, 235 kilometers, it's a savage event, but a, a super event to be preparing for as we head, hopefully, out of our final lockdown. A message from them later on, and I hope you enjoy this episode with Max. Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast, Melbourne Football Club Captain Max Gorn, ahead of the grand final. Thank you very much for finding time on... Um, on the lead up to one of the biggest days of your life. Well, it's, it's, big, it's big, but it gets bigger with the world champs post it. Exactly. Um, what I a just weekend. got a text from Caleb, actually. Caleb was wishing me luck and then I, vice versa, wished him luck. I said it'd be a massive, massive Quinella from us too if we're able to pull it off. Yeah. Did, did you actually ask him by any chance, is he, is he up? For the hasn't week? replied to it yet. Hasn't, hasn't replied to my well wishes uh, to the world champs. Is it a surprising figure? Um, I mean, we all know he can climb after what he did um, in that one-day race last year. What was it? Uh, San uh, Remo. San Remo. Um, so I'm presuming Aussies are going to be all in. We'll get to that, though. We'll get to that. I think more importantly, I think that that firms up that Caleb is a Melbourne supporter. Yeah, I, well, I don't think no. he knows any other teams. I think Jason Baker tried to get him to Geelong, but <laughs> unsuccessful. I, th- I think we'll just put that on the record as officially he's a, he's a D's man. Yep. Um, and Campbell Flakemore, welcome. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me. It's good to be um, good to be down south. And I believe you're at the beach house. You look a little bit like um, Brad Pitt off uh, the big short, big trader. He's just moved down to the beach. Look at you in your shack. It's um, it's good to see. Uh, officially cut ties with the mainland. See you later, Tasmania, through and through. Yep. It's all look done. out, Hobart. He's back. The race itself, Campbell, do you want to, as a former under-23 world time trial champion, do you want to, do you want to just run us through your thoughts on the, the two the TTs that we've seen so far? Well, yeah, it was, it was a little bit disappointing not to see an Australian representative in the, the elite men's. Um, obviously, Rowan, Rowan had his reasons. Um, and then Luke, Luke Plapp was second in the 23s, um, only 10 seconds off the pace behind a massive, I think it was Danish bloke, 90-odd kilos, um, the perfect parkour for a big body. I think the average speed was 52, 53. So it was absolutely warp speed. And, um, yeah, yeah, he, he couldn't quite add, add himself to the list of uh, Australian under-23 TT winners, but I think he's got a massive, massive future and this one won't worry him too much missing out on that. Why no Durbridge or Matthews in the in the in the genuine race, the men's race? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not too sure. I, I don't know. Um, normally, it would just be Rowan that would do it. Um, and when he did it, you just presume that like a Durbridge or a Matthews would come up. But yeah, it's one of those events, though. You don't really don't really want to do it unless you're really going to be amongst the medals. Yeah, um, it's not like a road race where things can go your way. You get a little bit of luck. TT, whether you know whether you're going to be in it or not. So, obviously, Rowan just thought he wasn't at the level and um, gave the miss. Yeah. The, I think I think too. Like there was a, there's one one thing that will probably pop up in this uh, the road race when we start talking about it was 
Remco coming third against two like big boys, mm. two genuine time trialists. So I think, yeah, it was it was a big ride from him to go off super early to have no real indication of where where the other two are at, and then Ganna just did his thing. It was a Ganna track. BTW, the, the average speed was fifty four point three, <laughs> which is which is just crazy, crazy fast. Um, I think that would be the fastest average speed um, in history, in time trial world championship history. So perfect for a big boy like Gunner. And we saw what sort of horsepower he's got at the Olympics when he dragged his nation to a, to a gold medal in the TP. And yeah, we've got the, the under 23s coming up as well, the road race. A lot of a, a big race for the under 23s after having a, a rough couple of years. Like as a junior athlete, the last two years must have been horrendous. You're mm. losing out on uh, valuable time that you spend developing as riders, getting experience, especially for the Aussies trying to get some some Euro runs on the ground. Um, you got any got any tips, Max, for the the young under 23s heading out there on the weekend for one of the biggest races of their career, as you are as well. Oh, just. I, I, I see, I mean, and Campbell, you can probably, you probably know this better than me. The under-23s is just a, a serious platform. Um, it's like under-18s for us um, to be able to develop your game to the best you can. So um, be able to do that under match practice, so under race uh, stress and race practice. It's a great opportunity, not only if they win. I mean, I'm not sure how many winners actually go on to be guns, but just to get that experience throughout the race is a great opportunity. So throw yourself in the deep end, do some stuff that you've been uncomfortably doing at training to do during the race. And then days like the grand final that we're going to get, I've I've tested some of the stuff that are going to, that I'm going to be put under stress all, all already just by throwing myself in the deep end and that junior stuff. Yeah, well, it's it's definitely the biggest race of the season for these boys. If you if you win it or if you get a podium, yeah, you really put your name. Um, Put, put your name on the sheet of uh, big, big talents. And I think everyone that's won an under-23 Worlds has gone on to be pro. Um, they don't always go on to be a big pro, but they definitely get their foot in the door. And there's not many races besides probably Lavenir where you get the, the opportunity to, to stand out like this. So it's a massive one and, and they didn't get to race last year. So there's even more pressure on guys that are, um, you know, fourth years. Which is which is your last year in under twenty three? So, um, yeah, expect a, a really exciting race, and it's not it's not as super under um, out of control like the juniors. Twenty uh, threes is a little bit more structured. There's a little bit more teamwork, but at the same time, um, everyone does have their own agenda, <laughs> and if things go their way, they'll they'll definitely take it. So, I'm excited, and the, and the two Australian boys, Jensen Plowright and Jared Drisners, I think this parkour really suits them. It's not not super hilly, it's not super flat, it's a little bit of an in-between. They're both super quick in a, in a 30, 40-man finish. Um, so if things go their way, they can lay low. Um, I think they could be really around the medals um, in this under-23 race. You'd think with um, the lack of racing, if you, if you perform at Lavinia or the Worlds, it's a, it's a ticket to the World Tour almost. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Guaranteed. Um, under the... The men's road race, um, you you run through you run through this field and it's stacked with everything from Caleb Ewan to the Pog is is on the start list and it's also overlaid with the fact that they're they're riding for their national teams. There's no trade teams. There's no real financial uh, piece bringing them all together. And I think this this plays for an interesting interesting role as to how the different teams and the different nations rally together uh, on on the, just purely for the nation's flag. Max, it's, if weird. You, it's weird, isn't it? In it's real weird. <laughs> Max, Max, if you were to rally, if you, if you had a week to pretty much rally six teammates together and um, try and get them on your side to potentially sacrifice their world road race for you, what would you do? And, and plus, I mean, I think that's what ScoMo has been doing, getting the UK and the US in on that deal uh, within the uh, nuclear war or whatever they're doing. I think that's to help <laughs> potentially the Americans are going to help ride for Caleb because I'm not sure what the Americans are doing because they have Brandon McNulty leading them and I don't know what he's 
thinking in terms of win and then Cavs leading the Poms. I don't know what's happening there. So they might, maybe they're all in for Caleb. And also Caleb might not have too much support. They might be swinging their, their vote in a different direction within the Australian team. Correct. Um, it looks like, oh, I mean, the parkour is so weird. So you're not sure who the leader is. I'm presuming once they have a leader, there's, there's five guys within that team that know they can't win. So they, they should be able to throw their support to be able to win an Australian title in the world champs. I'd presume, but cycling is a funny sport. Um, but it looks like it will be a Caleb Michael Matthews-led team um, with, with, with the rest of them throwing in a fair bit of support. Hmm. Yeah, I'd like to see um, uh, Stannard have a have a good a good ride. I think this this course is perfect for him, Alex. You might know him a little bit better than I do, but you know, just in that full spinal ninety k to go, those sort of moves down, you'd, you'd like to see him him slip in there and and try and do something because I think um, yeah, he, he's a, he's a good option for that point of the race. There's no real brute. Uh, there's Durbridge. If, if I mean, this is obviously. Speculative. I know the Australian team's confirmed. There's 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 Durbridge who can do a bit of work. Or Nathan Huss, maybe Harry Sweeney. I haven't seen him do that yet. Mm. In, terms of, in terms of really pulling a peloton along, but I'm not sure if Caleb will want Australia working. I think Caleb will try and hold himself. So I don't think you'll see Australia on the front. I mm. I, I, I think nah. they might get in the break potentially with Schultz or Stannard. You um you think I guess in Caleb's favour he has got Sweeney a teammate, uh, official mm-hmm. teammate, um, who although he didn't actually get to as Max said he didn't actually get to perform the role Caleb brought him to the Tour de France going I, I want you there for for someone to ride for me for the three weeks so he's obviously got big street credit with Caleb and uh, and show with his actual performance in the breakaways a couple of times throughout the Tour de France he's got the horsepower to go with it as well. Uh, which I think is a pretty big asset, having a teammate within the team. I just think yeah. on 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 Caleb as well. There's three pretty big targets over these next three weeks um, that a lot of people are targeting. Looks like Vanderpol might be a little bit later in the in the month rather than the World Champs. It seems like this is Caleb's one. Out of the three, I'd say this one probably suits Caleb the most. Um, you might you guys might think differently with Hill Lombardi, maybe, but. Um, I, I I would be I'm surprised I'm surprised if he's not really raging like really at the pointy end ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see it. I mean, there's a bit over two thousand five hundred meters of climbing, which is which is a fair bit. But then at the same time, the race is two hundred and sixty k, so there's a lot of climbing and a lot of kilometers. Um, but I also can't see Michael Matthews working for Caleb in any way, shape, or form. He's going to have his own agenda, 100%. <laughs> um, and hopefully next year in Wollongong, um, the Australian organising committee make a pancake flat course for Caleb to win. So maybe there might be a, be a bit of you you do it this year, I'll do it next year sort of thing. But, um, yeah, there'll be no help coming from Michael Matthews. Is there an intermediate, in, is there an intermediate sprint for Michael Matthews to, to, to take out? or Him and Sonny going head-to-head for it? <laughs> oh, no, Sonny's going to bigger and better things. Sonny's Sonny, Sonny, a threat here, by the way. Sonny's the favourite in my eyes. Uh, Big time. Back back to the Caleb Matthews thing. So, like, Cambo, if you're um, – I think – is it Rory Sunderland? Is the – Sunderland. The, Sunderland is the um, director? What what, yeah. what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying to those two guys? Are they literally just rocking up doing their own race? Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're the sort of guys that are going to go and go and help one another. I don't think there's any like any bad blood between them. But I was going to say, both... have, I, have I missed something? Do these two not like each other? No, 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 not at all. They just don't. They're just they're just both big leaders that that don't normally work for anyone else, and they're both going to fancy their chances, uh, which is fair enough because I think the course suits. So it's both and probably a little bit more Michael Matthews, but if Caleb's on a good one or the race is panning out a little bit easier than what we expected, um, they'll both fancy their chances. And like you said, Alex, Harry Sweeney's there, but then there's also a lot of um, Mitchelton boys there too, which will have that link with with Michael Matthews. So there's every chance to split the team in two um, and, and, and do it that way because there's not going to be any responsibility on Australia to chase. That'll be Belgium, that'll be France, probably Italy. Yeah. Denmark as well. So there'll be no real um, pressure on Australia to control this race, I don't think. And if you look at the squad, it's like Derbo Sweeney and Miles Scottson in there for like horsepower. Horsepower. And then Stannard, 
Nick Schultz and Nathan Haas as the guys to potentially be there late in the piece or follow the early moves. Caleb and Bling just do their thing. See yeah, what's next. Like, exactly. It does look like if one of them are going to win, let's say Caleb, then Michael would probably be potentially the only one left in the Peloton Forum. So there's going to be an interesting and, little little situation <laughs> going on there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Matthews would be the perfect readout man as well, wouldn't he? Yeah. Really, like really strong. He's super quick as well. Um, Regularly just be, Exactly. It's a perfect readout rider. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this this race will blow to bits in the in the last couple of uh, laps. So it's unlikely we'll see them yeah. both there, but let's see what happens. I am tipping a smaller group of three or four get to the line. So I don't think Caleb's going to be in that. We're just going to cut to a quick message from our podcast partners, the TAC, pushing that really important message that the road does belong to us all. And we do play our role in making sure that we create a safe road environment and that really important message to just get to your destination in a safe and respectful manner. MAP, our favorite kit brand. They've been there from the get-go, our first ever sponsor, and they backed us off nothing. So a big thank you to them. Training collection now live at map.cc. And a new friend of the podcast, the Peaks Challenge, Falls Creek 2022. It's a ride on the Sunday 13th of March 2022. And what timing. We're slowly coming out of lockdown. We're slowly going to be able to ride further and further and further. And what better place to have a big event to aim towards at the end of summer uh, up at Falls Creek, you get to conquer Tawonga Gap, Mount Hotham, and then finish up up the back of Falls Creek. It's a massive day, 235 kilometres, 4,000 metres of climbing, but I think it's an exceptional challenge to set yourself as we head uh, into the warmer months and some further freedoms to ride further and further away from our homes. If you want to sign up to this ride, if you want 5% off, you just put in Stanley Street Social at the checkout and... Uh, Please let us know if you do sign up. Be keen to hear if uh, people are taking on the challenge. All the links will be in this podcast episode notes. The the two big squads, the Belties, Dutchies, two favourites, the two biggest vans in the world. Like it's going to be a pretty good dynamic. And I know um, it's a weird thing in cycling how they don't always do the biggest races, but I kind of like it in this scenario how they've they've come through different pathways. Uh, we don't know where, where they're sitting head-to-head. It's going to be a genuine showdown. Yeah, and, and they've both got two ace cards as well. I, I, I know Remco's come out and said that he's working uh, purely for uh, Volta Van Aert, but I think Dylan Toons or Tish Benu could be used as someone uh, to get up the road um, late. So they've got a little bit of a trump card. And then Bok Molomar, I can just see him doing something. So I think, I think the Dutch have, have a card as well. Um, I don't think Van der Poel is here for this. I think as much as it's the world champs and he'd love to win it, I think he's here for Paris-Roubaix personally. Um, so I think it could be Velt Van Aert out of, out of the vans, but I'm, I'm tipping someone out, out of the vans, which is as surprising as it gets. Uh, <laughs> Cambo, what's your take on those two squads? I think, Rem, I think Remco's... I know he says he's doing the job, but I think he'll be looking for the right move going up the road. Yeah, of course. And I'm sure he'll get that luxury in that last 60, sort of 60, 70K to go. If there's moves going, he'll be the guy going in it. Then there's also guys like Lampart, Benut, Toons that Max has already spoken about, um, Jesper Stuyven, who will want to probably do his own thing too. Um, and then they've got two massive workhorses in Camp of Nuts and Tim Clerk to control the race. So they're obviously coming and thinking that, yeah, we're going to have responsibility to control. Um, but I really like this, Alex, that you pointed out uh, before we got on air, this Danish team. If you go through the names on this list, there is a lot of strong boys there in some good form at the right time of the year. Magnus Court, Michael Valgren winning some races, Mads Pedersen, former world champion himself, Casper Asgreen, Mikel Bjerg, um, that's a really threatening team that could cause problems in this race. Mm. And we're talking about small groups coming to the line. I think uh, Magnus Court showed that he's in hot form as long as he hasn't peaked a, lit- a touch too early for the World Cup. Mm. Um, that small group of he- – it could be him v that bling kind of rider that comes comes to the line at um, an interesting pace. But I just thought – this squad, this Danish squad, with the amount of guys that they can start throwing at the race, like they're all going to be there. Yeah. And it seems and like the Danish boys, they, 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 quite link, they like linking up. 
wearing yeah. a Danish kit, they feel like there might be a little bit of um, a little bit of cohesion with with them more so than some of these other bigger cycling nations, um, if you will. And also, they don't have a Caleb Ewan, like they don't have that person that is a genuine leader. They've just got mm. super talent. And yeah. as Green as Green put in a, a good TT the other day too, just as a a little bit of a form indicator of how he's gone for mm-hmm. when he's throwing himself at the race come back end. They'll 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 throw everything at this. Like I I I disagree. I reckon they do have. Like I reckon Magnus Court has proven that they can work for him. Um, and if they get to a small group of twenty, and let's say it's Court Van Art Van der Poel and Matthews to the sprinters, I'd almost Magnus Court's in that good of form. He might be able to beat them. Oh. Absolutely, yeah. In a one-up sprint, I, I'm. I mean, if we're done with the Danes, I'm. I'm more bullish about a fourth team. I'm. I'm really strong on French on on the French lads. I think Laporte, Cosnefoy, and Alaphilippe are all in good form, and they've all got a little kick, and they could all be in that final group. Um, I reckon they're probably the outsiders of those three teams we've mentioned, the French team. But I just I can see a Cosnefoy who's finally found some form, had a poor tour. <laughs> Poor tour. Um, and then Alaphilippe, obviously, um, we know what he can bring. Um, is Arno going? Well, he's on the, he's on their list, but it's not confirmed. Um, I mean, after the season he's had, you'd like to see him just uh, put the bike on the rack and start again <laughs> next year. But I think they're, they're the four clear teams. Um, I know yeah. they're, and, then they're, and then my favourite is in the Italian team, but they just don't seem as strong. So Sonny will be riding... And you'll need uh, Trenton finally won something the other day. Um, Nizzolo can pull something out of the hat, and Gianni Moscon might be able to do something. But they're probably the fifth favourite. I reckon those those four teams are the strong ones. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I, uh, the names on the on the Great Britain team as well, I really like um, Pidcock. Obviously, we know that he's the mountain bike Olympic champion. Um, and Ethan Hader was was really good at Tour of Britain, going head to head with Wood Van Aert. So I think he'll be probably their leader, and depending on what Cavendish's legs are, he'll probably be doing the same thing as Caleb, trying to survive for as long as and possible. And the, um, the Brits have an issue of not being on the front, so they'll be on the front at some point. Um, there will be a British-led peloton for a lot of it for no reason. Yeah, I agree. They do like that sort of tactic, don't they? Um, they've got the horsepower to do it. Luke Rowe obviously will be doing that, but, I mean, yeah, if, if Wood Van Aert and, and these boys are going head-to-head, you'd have to think that Pidcock... It's going to be there too, so I think that they'll be definitely one to watch. The GB boys. So where do we where do we put this Slovenian team then? Mm. <laughs> so Mahoric Mahoric has every right to be called one of the favourites as well, in my opinion. He's in serious form. I don't yep. think he's going to have much support from Rog and Pog though. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know whether Pog's in, in top nick. Maybe he might be willing to sacrifice. He seems like that sort of guy that he, he'd, he'd be happy to do it. You know him well? I think, <laughs> but yeah, very well. <laughs> <laughs> do you think after, after he, he did he put a TT out um, that was mediocre by his standards and based off what's going on uh, in terms of he's just he's the Tour de France man, man at the moment, uh, he'd be happy to do the team, the team role. And what, what a guy to have so, just to see how he's going in the back end. What is what is the team role? Is it is it riding for Rog or riding for Mahoric or uh, I don't know if they've got another option. Maybe Ian Tratnik, but your man know. Tratnik. Your man Tratnik. Yeah. I think it's Mahoric. Uh, it's it Mahoric. Mahoric. Him and Colbrelli yeah. put on an absolute show at the latest tour that they were at. Yeah, yeah. And and Max speaking before about under twenty threes that have uh, been superstars in the under twenty three. It's Matthew Mahoric. He's, he was the king yeah. of under 23s. He went back to back under 19s, under 23s worlds, which is probably the only person in history, history yeah. to do that. And it took him a little bit of time to find his feet at pro level, probably because he went pro after only one year of under 23, which back in the early 2010s was super uncommon. Now we've got guys going straight out of 19s into pros, but it took him a long time to find his feet. But he's sort of become the king of that really long, hard day the longer it is the harder it is the better the Maharaj gets so I'm sure he's hoping for a really hard hard race and they've got the cattle to to make it that so um yeah really really strong team that Slovenian team on paper 
in terms of like strategy, is there is there any team that has a has something else to play than just that? Oh, we're just going to get to that finale, see how things are going, put a couple of guys in the break. Well, like, I think it- I think Switzerland had to do something because they have a favourite. Um, Hershey looks like he's finally in some form and he's riding a team without Pog. Like, how exciting. Finally, you're not riding behind Pog. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still seems like one of the more baffling decisions I've ever seen to go ride behind Pog. But um, I guess 2 I mean, million euros a year do that. Yeah, 2 million euros <laughs> a domestic. I'd probably take that as well. <laughs> they, they've got something. And then the proud European teams that aren't as strong here, so like a Germany or a Spain, um, I, th- I think we're going to see something from them. The Spanish team hasn't even come across my desk. Here it is. Gorka. I guess Ivan Garcia Cortina is a is a good rider for this sort of parkour. Aaron Buru will be um, talked about at some point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Your yeah. man. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just Spanish riders riding in in the north of Europe just doesn't excite me that much. <laughs> <laughs> The Colombians, maybe a Polish. With, yeah, Colombians actually have a couple of sprinters that are that are that are coming, and sprinters that are well known to be able to get over a hill, like a Milano. Um, but oh, they did win the Olympic gold, can they? I know Equ- Equ- Carapaz was Equ- yeah, Ecuador. Ecuador. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not as bullish on Colombians this time around. I must say. I agree. I agree. But Kukowski yeah. for Poland. Um, is in form and riding. I, I mean, I'm just going through the team now. Yeah, he's he's clear leader. <laughs> so, Krakowski could be there, but I, I think we're like if, honestly, I think it's a group of five that are together. I think it's the two vans, Colbrelli, Mahoric. Oh, and the fifth you can really rattle off. I don't know who it's going to be. You think maybe compromise. you think Alif Philippe is defending champ. The only, the biggest threat to Alif Philippe is himself. Yep. Trying to be a hero, trying to do too much too early, and he might just have to do that to to soften up the other boys. So I, I don't love Alif Philippe just from saying that. So I think you're right, Max. I think it's the two vans. Colbrelli, obviously, absolutely flying. Um, and and someone from the Danish team, uh, I'm probably looking at yeah Magnus Court if he if he can hold that form from the Vuelta, um, or maybe or maybe Casper Asgreen who put in a, a good TT, um, riding for Quick Step knows the roads well. Um, those would probably be my my big favourites. Maybe Tom if, Scully who's leading the Kiwis. Where's George boys, when you need him? Where's George Bennett when you need him? I don't know whether George would love this course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think he'd love it more than Tom Scully and Jack Bauer. <laughs> yeah. Who's in think form, that- Jackie Bauer, by the way? Where's Where's you, you think that the Danes aren't going to miss this move. And if they do miss the move, they will be chasing like mad men, unless it's, unless it's going when there's only 10 guys left. Like it's absolutely carnage. Yeah. Is there a chance that we see? I mean, I took the piss out of the states before. And I get Brandon McNulty probably is their best rider, but like a George Jensen or a Quinn who are technically informed. George Jensen definitely is, um, but Quinn who's scoped to be the next best thing coming out of the states. Is there a chance one of these guys somehow make it into the final group? Um, and Robin Carpenter, you won a stage of Britain the last week or so. Uh, McNulty, he was right there with Carapaz in the Olympics. A lot different sort of parkour, though, a lot more proper yep. climbing rather than the short and sharp. And I think position, position is going to be so important. Um, in these twisty turning roads in Flanders and traditionally the boys from the US aren't the best in the bunch. I'm not too sure specifically on how Quinn Simmons goes in the bunch, but what is he only nineteen or twenty? I, I can't expect to see too much from him in his in his first senior worlds. The Olympics is just such a different way to look at it because of the team sizes. Mm. I just think it's so much harder for an outsider to win. 
just the strong teams dominate there. I think yeah. Aaron Haz wasn't outsider, to be fair, but yeah. Mm. I think I think Cambo, you make a good point around um the the terrain, not just the climbing that they're going over, but the the technical nature of the terrain and the potential for it to be wet and windy. Mm. I mean, as a viewer, I hope it's filthy. I hope it's pissing rain, sideways wind and five degrees. Mm. But I think for Caleb Ewan, he's hoping for zero wind, 20 <laughs> degrees and no rain. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. It's definitely the first event that I've seen since Van Aert and Van Der Poel started becoming quite big that all the big guns are here. So yep. Pidcock is the third you put in that cyclocross type uh, conversation. Mm. Then you've got the Rog and Pog um, and other climbers uh, in and around that area. Then you've got like the newcomers like Ethan Hayter, who's who's in form, Sonny Cobrelli, who's doing some amazing things. Almost every Bahrain rider is, but Sonny Cobrelli and Mahorich that have come and done these. It's it's a mix of so many things, and that's what World Champs is so good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everyone everyone thinks they're a chance on this sort of course. It's a bit there's a bit of something for everyone, so. That makes it exciting for, for us watching from home. You probably wipe out the, the clean sprinter. So the Cav, Demar, um, I think Ackerman's on the German list. These sort of guys you probably wipe out. Caleb can maybe just get over. But you, it's probably – I don't think Cav can get over. I don't think Demar can come over. I don't think Ackerman can get over. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And Caleb's hoping for best-case scenario. Mm. It's just like it's nice weather – they're not it's not too hard off the off the blocks, and that they can just hang in there for um, Channelies in a Milan San Remo form. Can be beaten by Van Art, Hater, Magnus Cord, and probably a one up sprint as well if he gets it wrong. That's the issue because he'd be going so deep to get there. Yeah, um, yeah. And we've seen that Van Art can beat him even on just a flat track. Yeah. Um, tips. Jeez. Raffle. Well, Max, Max, have you seen any value? If you've if you've noted on the well, let's have a look. Eh? Let's let's do a live value <laughs> check. Uh, so we're not far off with our top five. They are the top five embedding: Van Aert, Van der Poel, Cobrelli, Alaphilippe, and Mahorich. So that's that's that's. I mean, and I said those names without looking at the betting beforehand. So it feels like I've, I know something about cycling. That makes yeah, we we, we definitely do. Yeah, that's a little compliment that I'll take. And then not after that is Remco. And then the Dutch, uh, sorry, the, the Danish, Asgreen, Court Nilsson, and Belgreen. So they're all thinking the same thing. It, where's the value? Find us a little bit of value. All right, let's scroll down. I imagine there's some value if you think Caleb's going to get to the line. Well, Caleb's, yeah, Caleb's at 60s. Tij Badu, 100 to 1. Okay, now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Peter Sagan is he on the list? He is him and his brother Yuraj, the Sagan bros. form, Peter. One of his home race by default because he comes second every time. <laughs> he was getting beaten by one up sprints by that Colombian fellow. What's his name? The quick step, um, hot hotage. Ah, uh, yeah, Hodge. <laughs> I think Hershey's the one I'll have Sonic on at 36s and then play with the top five. Yep. Okay. You think of her, she's channeling a little bit of his uh, last year's Tour de France form? I saw some good to- things in the recent tour who's just in, if you can help me what it was. Um, yeah. It was, it was a clear lead for UAE. He actually, yeah, he did win He did win something the last fortnight mm-hmm. or so. I saw some uh, good things. And it is good to see. Yeah, at Luxembourg. He won a stage at Luxembourg and was um, was second on the general. So that's, that's a pretty good indicator that yeah. the shape is good and – Looking at their team sheet, he's probably the out-and-out favourite, unless Kung wants to try something from long range. And that's why I talk about Cosnify at the moment as well, because I know what he can give us, and he finally looks like he's done that in the last two weeks as well, yep. showing some good results. So I can just see one of those guys that we've had promise for in the last year and a half that's done nothing. Maybe I mean, we'll be able to stick with this group. Re- realistically, this should have been Max's top 38. Done again. The amount of names <laughs> we've, re- we've reeled off on this brief year. And I don't, I don't reckon I would have got an Aussie in there, unfortunately. <laughs> Just one more thing before we go to the, the tips. Does Vanderpoel have a stronger team than he normally does? Does he have more support? 
well, it's stronger than Alpers and Phoenix, but Alpers and Phoenix have been riding crazy good. Like that's what crazy. I mean. I, it, it used yeah. to be I lack lack team support, but they've actually been exceptional. Well, he's over got the last best. Year. He's got the best domestique in the town, and Dylan Van Baal. It's pretty exciting to see uh, <laughs> Vanderpol with Van Baal underneath it on tricky t- on Van Baal's terrain. Yeah, like that's pretty good. And then. Is there much there after it? Tunison can stick around. He's probably going to ride for Van Art in, in, in the last little bit anyway, so that could get interesting. <laughs> Mollimer, I said, he's in form. He rode really good in the mixed TT last night. There you go. Who would have thought Mollimer would have done well in that? And then Pascal Enkenhorn, maybe he's the last one that can help out, but maybe not. Maybe not. I know Langeveld has been good at a Tour of Flanders previously. Um, it feels like he's definitely probably on the wrong side of 35. Now I don't know what his actual I'm age is, that. but it <laughs> feels like he's been around forever. Uh, yep. Has Sebastian Langeveld? He's thirty six, so yeah, correct. I was I was definitely correct. Um, he's been third at Roubaix before, so he's like he's a good rider, but maybe his best best days are behind him. But to answer your question, Alex, yes, on paper I think the team's better than Alpes and Phoenix, but there's something that you can't quite quantify with Alpes and Phoenix at the moment. Just there's a good good energy in the group and. Maybe they're not going to be quite as, as tight um, as what this Netherlands team is. He doesn't want a teammate. You saw what he did in stage two of the tour. He doesn't want a teammate. Do it himself. It's all part Do of the package. Himself. Show business. The only he, issue he be, is show business. The only issue will be if they do let one of these Polish guys go with maybe a Hershey or a Cosnafara, someone like that who they don't rate highly, and then one of the vans have to work. And it tends to be Van Art. He he tends to lose his patience quicker, and tends to ride on the front quicker. Yeah, the good thing about those two is they're never scared to pull a turn and no, and waste energy because it, I mean the the energy resources are unlimited. So why would they be? <laughs> but there will be a stage there on one of the last climbs where we get nervous. We go, the vans aren't going to get whoever's in front. Mm. Someone will go. We just got to work out who that one person is. That's the art of cycling betting. And we and we have seen these two work each other out of a race before, haven't we? I can't remember which one it was, but it was a classic last year where they just stopped pulling and they just backed each other out of the group. So there's every chance they do that again. Uh, yeah. The thing that helps Van Art this time is Remco, Tijbanu, and Toon should all be there. Yep. Yep. Do you, do you let Van Art go to the line though? Do you do you risk him? Him say Vanderpol's there and Colbrelli's there. Do you back him in for a, a five-up sprint? Oh, who wins that? Like that's, I think you do. I think you would you would oh, back him in if, if that's the end. Of but course. it's still there's still risk on the table when you are the one that's got the strength in numbers. Mm. But also, how are you going to get Van Art up the road without Vanderpol there? Impossible. Probably. Let's say they're all there at the finish line. Group of sixty. Does Van Art win? Like a a sixty. Well, I think if uh, sixty, maybe a little Caleb, bit less. Caleb, Caleb, 60, just Caleb, got Caleb wins. Caleb just got dropped. I, I want to see like ten. And you remember <laughs> the the Flanders uh, last year when those two were just going head to head, like match sprinting, like just side mm. by side, no lead out, no nothing. I want to see ten guys doing that. And then, but then imagine if Pidcock's there, who's just beaten Van Art in a one-off, like that. Yeah. Uh, I, and I Sonny's in good nick. Sonny's uh, in unbelievable nick. I like Van Art in that situation. Still. So, so you're you are uh, running the the Belgies camp. Are you happy to yeah, take them to the line? Yeah, I, I mean, just that that list is so so good. I think they'll sort it out amongst themselves, and they'll they'll get the situation they want. I, I, I like I like Van Art for the win. Yeah. Um, do you want to give us three top three then? Yeah, I'll go Van Art um, for the win. I'll go Cobrelli second, and, and then I'm going gonna... <laughs> 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 to. Is Tivo Pino racing? And then then I'll just go Asgreen for for third. Okay, I reckon the Polish don't get there. Uh, sorry, the Danish, the Danish. Sorry, the Danish. I don't know why. Okay, the Danish. Uh, yeah. Same, same, same area. Well, same flags. Same yeah, flags. Uh, I'm going Sunny first. I reckon Sunny gets him. I reckon Van Aert gets second. Van der Poel just loses his legs late and a surprise third. Uh, or oh, Laporte. 
Has there ever been a top three that you haven't just snuck a French Ruffy in there somehow? <laughs> if David could do was there, I'd have him winning. <laughs> third, third, pl- third place in these picks is your luxury pick. I yeah. mean, I went uh, Yon Zagira for third place in the Tour de France. So. <laughs> well, the way I'm tipped means it's a bunch sprint with a, with a smaller group. Colbrelli, Van Aert, Laporte. If, if Laporte's there. there. If Laporte's there, there's 40 blokes left. Yeah, he's a good climber. Got Yeah. Anyway, I, I don't mind it. I like it. And then I'll some, just give you a different. speculative one. If it's not a bunch sprint, uh, it'll be I'm going Hershey. Go on, Alex. Take us away, mate. Well, I, I was big. I was pretty big on like if we're thinking straight up and down. I'm thinking Cambo's top three. To be completely honest as green after the TT. But I, I really like Remco after the TT and the fact that he's kind of got eyes off him a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's there's an element of uh, um, you can just see him coming to the, the last 10Ks and he's got Van Aert um, doing the job. Everyone's eyes on Van Aert. Everyone's eyes on Van Aert and the, how good he is going. Um, I'm going to go with Remco for the win. Um, Vanderpol second. And as green third, Remco solo. Yeah, that's how he likes to win. That's the only that's way he can win. By yeah. the way, and I think there's a good point you make is that all eyes will be on Wood Van Aert, and then you've got guys like Remco who's going to get license and and might not be chased. And when he does get a gap, he often doesn't come back. So I don't mind that, Alex. Good, good call. Um, and then Smokey. Ooh. Well, it's all for third, it, but it, it, but it isn't. <laughs> um, smoky. I'll go. I'll go. Sharkman from Germany as my smoky. Oh, that's Mac- not bad. Maximilian. That's not bad. He's been he's been incredibly disappointing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> smoky. I'll go. Ethan Hater just. Alex? Oh, smoky. You can't really call Mads Pedersen a smoky as a former winner of the race. Probably not going to qualify as a smoky at this point in time. If Mads Pedersen's winning, that means Magnus Court's there. And Magnus Court wins, surely. Yeah. Gianni Moscon. I like that. From the move. Yep. Yep. Yep, Ever like since it. his Giro, I've been tipping him to do all sorts and he's just been disappointing post-Giro. Maybe maybe it's this. Yep. I like the Italians. I'm bullish about the Italians. Sonny wins <laughs> it, I told you. <laughs> yeah, there's no help. His Trenton's gone. His Zolo's gone. Do you feel like they're all just riding their own little races, though? They're all just... There's, there's they five Italian... There are five Italian teams on the start line here. Sonny rides his own race anyway. <laughs> No, your thoughts are second on the top finish of the tour. Yeah, I'm sure. Actually, you know what, Sonny will be going to win in a in a small group, but Trenton will try and go solo and screw it up for him. I feel like that's <laughs> that's a possible outcome. Uh, there, the smaller countries that have one or two representative, is there one person that can that can? Uh, do yes, something? there is that we have not touched on that we really should have. Luchenko, Alexei uh-huh, Luchenko, the Kazakhstan from Kazakhstan. There's three there's three riders there. He, um, he he he's a threat here if he if he's got the legs. Yeah, I don't mind that. If we get a, a bunch sprint that's dropped the sprinters, is Daryl Wimpy? I think he seems a bit past it now, doesn't he? He's about three years too late. He's on the wrong side of forty-seven now, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he has been around for a long time. What he about has. the next the next ten Tour de France winner? The Estonian, uh, the Ukrainian, Mark Padun. Mahi's there. What sort of legs he's going to have? I don't know. He's supposed to win um, the next ten tours after he's <laughs> one one stage winning the Criterion, wasn't it? <laughs> they were impressive though. Those, those get- the odds for the twenty twenty two Tour de France came out after the Criterion, and he was second favourite. No, he was second favourite behind Pog. <laughs> Before not getting selected for the current Tour de France. <laughs> and then riding the Volta and looking horrible. 
jeez. Oh, the cycling world. We get excited by little things. We do. Yeah. We, we go on tangents. <laughs> Max, we're talking, it's lunchtime on Thursday. What, um, what, what, what do you do now? What's, what's the prep? What's the run through for? to the, for the, for the big dance. watching the world uh-huh. race? Who yeah. are we going for, Campbell? Listen, Max, I, normally in a grand final, there's a team that I really hate and I support the other team. This year, I really like the doggies. I really like Melbourne. So it's hard for me to But obviously to with the connection that we have. Obviously with the connection. Have you ever the history, heard someone sit on the fence so hard, Max? <laughs> I'm just explaining my position. Um, obviously with the history, with the connection to you, Max, I'll, I'm supporting Demons um, yep. this Saturday. And, yeah, I mean, the way that both of you and the doggies have played this month, it's going to be a cracking game. And, uh I'm looking forward to it in a big way. I'm in quarantine. I'll be watching it um, in my home. So no hoo-ha, but I'm uh, really excited for it. We haven't spoken about it, but did I get a seven in the prelim? Uh, we haven't touched on that. And if you didn't, did you give yourself a seven? Oh, actually, I'm a, I'm a great underrater. <laughs> I, um, I gave myself a five. <laughs> what? A five? No, knowing that I was going to get caught up by Goody and said, hey, mate, we rated, your, your rating was a little bit off. So knowing that that conversation was coming, I gave myself a five. Just wasn't happy with a little bit of my set of bounce work, Alex. You know what my favourite part of that game was? It wasn't your, uh, your run and shot 55. It wasn't the, the snap out of the stoppage on the, on the boundary line. It was mowing down Gary Rowan. Tackle on the wing. Gary Rowan's <laughs> the quickest player in the AFL. I know, and you mowed him down. It's honestly like I'm trying to think of the best example of cycling. Tony Martin beating Caleb Ewan in a one-up sprint. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was actually thinking today, what was more dominant, your third quarter or Tade Pogacar? on uh, Le Grand Bornard in the stage where he torched everyone in the rain. I'm, I was really thinking what was what was more dominant and and I don't know. I really don't know, but that was my, my comparison to cycling. Does someone that just absolutely shredded a game or a stage to pieces, um, that that was it. Well, I'll, I'll, um, I'll get back to you guys as soon as Caleb replies to my WhatsApp. And I, if he's got similar energies to what I had in the prelim, if I can feel it, if I can feel a seven coming from Caleb, I'll, I'll, I'll send a text to you, Alex, and you put it up on the socials and let everyone know that Caleb's feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. What are, just out of interest, what did everyone else get in the, um, in the prelim rating-wise? Do you share ratings? Uh, we, we had, so a benchmark or a trademark performance is a four, hence why seven, because it's not an odd number. So if you get to a four, that's the middle number. That's a, that, 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 that's a trademark performance. And we had 22, uh, 23 trademarks. Even our sub got a trademark. So yeah, normally okay. the thing is if you get like 16 to 17 guys playing a trademark game, you, you win the game. And we had all 23. So shows the great performance we had in the prelim. But Goody will just bring it back down to earth and say we only need six, 16 again. Um, but I'm happy to have zero 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 seven free kicks against and have a Supercoach score of negative 100 and get, and a, win. <laughs> and get a medal. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Like after that game, did did you just feel on top of the world? Like this is just too good. That was hard to come down from. Yeah, I was. I'm, I'm a bad sleeper at the best of times post games, and I usually wake up really early. When we win, I'm keen to start the day. The next the next day, I'm just keen to get going. And that day started the four for me. Um, I, I really got up and going. I, I had to reply to a lot of texts, so I needed that hour or two in bed just to reply to a few texts. <laughs> Um, you have four the next day Yeah, this week If we do win Win or loss I'm presuming I'm going to be um, Having some Some drinks uh, In the first two or three days And I'm not a great texter When I'm out and about So I will have a Serious backlog of texts For a few days um, That I probably won't get back to Although Alex Yours when they come through Says must please read So yours will yeah. get a, yours will <laughs> special, get a special ringtone Yeah Priority <laughs> Yeah, oh, uh, I think was it was it Clayton that you said that doesn't sleep well. Yeah, Clayton's a bad sleeper. He's the other is way. He, he, has he slept yet? He won't get to sleep till four, and then he'll sleep in till like eleven. Where I'm the other way. I'll go to bed straight away when I get back, and then wake up real early. Yeah, yeah. 
That's exciting time. It's exciting time. It is so exciting. It really is. It's going to be unbelievable. And then it's a good it's, it's a great time to be a cycling fan as well. So I'm going to mix, mix, and then I've got a kid coming um, as well in, I think, three weeks. So I'll, do, I'll be doing the late night feeds with Bill Lombardi, maybe. <laughs> You'll be a father in three weeks? Yeah, father in about three or four weeks, yeah. Congratulations. So my, um, my grand final being the highest career thing of my life will quickly be crushed by having a kid. That's a good power move by Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dear. Yeah, wow. What, what a time. In, the, what a time. in the midst of what Melbourne, the city, is going through, I'm currently living the best four weeks of my life. Um, and I don't think many people are who can call themselves a Melbourneian. So, no. Um, I'm very grateful. Um, I do go back to Melbourne in seven days. Hopefully, the earthquakes have stopped and the, and the tradies have gone back to work and um, people are getting vaccinated and things are a little bit normal. But, um, yeah. So everyone goes yeah. back straight after the get back after the game. Uh, we're here till Thursday. Yep. The following Thursday, we'll have a grand final or something on Sunday where we go down to Hay Street Mall in Perth. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, we have exits and uh, medical screenings and stuff before we go. And then Wednesday, if we win, it'll be like a memorabilia day where you all got to sign stuff. If we lose, uh, we might even go home that day. Yep. Any confident? Uh, well, we are favourite. I know that. Like how, um, how, how much confidence do you have? Well, we've won six on the trot, um, including two really, really good finals. Um, Western Bulldogs have won all for their three finals the hard way and they've travelled and they've really got a good, strong bond. They're one on one throughout the year. I can see it being a really, really good game, Alex. And um, yeah, I've, I, like, I've got confidence in how we prepared and how we performed, but so would Doggies. Like, it's a grand final. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be pretty hot. They're the hardest games to win. So, and everyone's thinking, yeah, we got a drought. It'd be great to get it done. But St Kilda had a drought in 2010 in that era, and they made a couple of grand finals and they didn't get it done. It, it doesn't just get given to you because mm. you've, you, you, your club deserves it and your supporters deserve it. It, it doesn't just get given to you. And Doggies... Doggies had a drought for 50 years. They would love to win two in six years. So um, it's going to be a good little battle. Yeah. Max, thank you very much. All the best for Saturday. Not that you need it. It's, it's going to be good. I'll try and get another seven, but doubtful. Please do. I'd love, to, I'd love to see it. <laughs> All the best, Max. All the best.